You're listening to Fresh Out of Experts. A show that mines the rich archive of Reddit to supply you with advice on dating, relationships, and love. My co-host Eleanor and I are not experts. We're merely people who survived dating in our 20s and 30s. Now that we're married, we want to share what we've learned. In each episode, my co-host Andy and I tackle the most common, comical, and when we're lucky, outlandish questions from r slash dating and more. So find a comfortable chair, pull on a warm sweater, and sip your favorite beverage while you listen to us dig into the stickiest dating questions the internet has to offer. Do you put any stock in this idea that sort of people tend to look it's sort of there's two ways to look at it like couples tend to look alike like the individuals in a couple or some do we don't but but like the flip side is like they kind of look like they belong together yeah i could see that because i think they look like like there's a physical match there yeah there's something that just feels like they naturally fit a little bit i don't know if that's actually true when you see somebody who doesn't, I always I just want to get in there and really get to the bottom of what the, where the attraction is and like what the makeup of that relationship is. I don't know if I feel that way or if I could if I can feel that way. Well, there's definitely something about seeing people who have uh, like signifiers like, oh, those are like the BMW couple. Oh, those are the people. Yeah. Those are like the outdoorsy that, couple. That's, like, a doodle, like, that's a doodle couple. That's a doodle couple. <laughs> those are two basics. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I do, you know, I look at our friends that are coupled and I definitely know, like, I definitely have some friends where I'm like, oh, those are the like luxury couple. Oh, those are like the I hipster, like artsy couple. I do think that women, like women need or or maybe want their partner to match their style more than men care about it. Like, and I think, of, and like, I would see like my friend who's like a preppy date a woman that's not preppy at all. And and, and I don't know, so pick a subgenre out there. And But I'm like, dude, she's never going to go for you because you're not like, your style of clothing and who you are like is an obvious mismatch. And I think, I don't think- And like, that- they didn't see it and they would be attracted to her. But it's like, if you could see it from the outside, I know that lady- the type of man she wants and it's not your style at all. I can't say if that's more gendered, like if women tend to feel that way more. I also would love to ask my queer friends like how much that determines sort of their attraction. Yeah, that's a good question. My my total vanity is, yeah, I definitely, a, the way a guy wears his pants is a dead giveaway on whether or not I think he's attractive. Yeah. I'm just like, no, no, that's not how you wear pants. Yeah. And and just like there's several different types of guy that like you may not even think are like bad dressers or something, but that's just not the style that right. you would go yeah. for. No, yeah. I and mean, men, like, totally. look, men don't think of that. I like, think they do like, though, don't you? K- kind of. Like K- I, kind of. I'm not a, Maybe I'm not a girly girl by any means. I don't emphasize sexuality in my the way I dress and like I definitely think that there are men who could say yes she's attractive but like she's not my type at the end of the day if one of my friends walks into a date and the woman is 
attractive let's just say she's an attractive goth they're probably still gonna be like i want to sleep with this person yeah but that's different than dating someone that's different than dating someone. like it just for is sure at the end of the day sure you can say there's very few boundaries in terms of style that would stop a guy from going to bed with a woman but i do think that any that like none of them are dating goth girls like it just i mean at the end of the day like i yeah, because don't women the women choose there there's this idea of like oh, i don't even know how you would describe this type of woman but like wearing like designer clothes but to wear them to like a fancy club downtown if if they're really attractive and wearing like fancy dresses and shoes and stuff like my, a lot of my friends would be like that's a really hot woman i want to date her but you wouldn't and that I would, I wouldn't, cause I, but I'm different than most guys, so I'm oh. a little bit of a special person. Oh, you just have the, a more here, refined palate. No, actually, here's the thing: is I already am in my head and know that that person isn't interested in me. Can I ask you a, a question about a, a prior girlfriend that you dated? Sure. You said that so quietly, as though sure. so you were like scared. Sure. Sure. So there was a woman that you dated right before me. I'm curious to see if her line of work and her presentation outside of her line of work indicated that at all. And if you felt like there was anything, because you dated a stripper. <laughs> okay. That's who we're talking about. And I, not that strippers can't just be casual outside of work, but there's like a certain glamour to like a woman who's stripping. There's a, a certain amount of like presentation of body and like yeah whatever. And, and did that spill over into the way she presented outside of, of the strip club or was it um, relatively uh, contained? It, it could be contained if she wanted it to be, but her like her going out on a date kind of. So like the first time that we went on a date, she looked she was like very conservatively dressed, like non nondescript clothes, like jeans and like a regular shirt that like covered her shoulders. I don't know. And didn't show any kind of cleavage or right high heels or like regular. No, sneakers. I think she, she was wearing like ballet flats. The next time we saw each other, she was wearing like ripped up jeans with like a tank top and high heels and, okay okay so here's what i would say though her style was she was from romania and her style was like eastern european club goer so i mean if that's what you think a stripper looks like i get i don't know but that's what she dressed like so well, i don't necessarily sure. think that's what every stripper looks like no. but i just wanted but to that's a I, but I like, a type I there's a certain amount of like she has to look a certain way to do her job she literally goes to a job and like is presenting a yes. sexualized version of herself. And I'm just wondering if that carried over in her like everyday life and if that in any way, if you had any feelings about that. Because Honestly, not. So the other thing is that she did not. Very, she was not very into clothing and style and fashion really meant very little to her. Right. So she had like a couple sexy outfits to wear to like, and she liked to go to clubs. She liked to go to like hip hop clubs and dance. So right. she had some clothes to do that in. And then the rest of her clothes were pretty run of the mill, like what you would find at like Target or Old Navy or something. Um, did you ever go to the club with her? We, the only club I went to was this bar in Fremont that is like kind of, a, it's like a pizza place, a pool hall, and then a nightclub all in one. It's, Where is it? It's like, um, it's, it's, it's funny. You would know it once we walked by it, but you don't, it's, it's sort of near, uh, our haircut place on the other side of the street. Okay. And, and it's like. There's, I think there's like a fire yeah, pit out yeah, front. Yeah, kind yeah, yeah, yeah. I think and I it's know. nondescript. It looks like a pizza place and it smells like one. But when you go in, it's like huge. Oh, wow. Okay. And it's got like, you go to like one section of it and there's like a small room that is like a straight up like 90s hip hop dance club. And you went. And I went there with her once. And, and that's what she wanted to do. And I'm like, you know, I don't want to be there. I don't like. 
Yeah, you don't want to be there. I like 90s hip hop, so that's fine. It was all music that I like. You also are a suspect dancer. Yeah, and I don't like dancing. Right. But she just wanted a willing partner, so. Sure, of course. But like in that, so in that, in that experience, was that an indication like we're not compatible? Did you think that would be your life together? Sure, I knew that we weren't super compatible in the long run, yeah. Right. There was also somewhat of a language barrier. (laughs) Right. Not somewhat. There was a <laughs> there was somewhat of a language barrier. <clears throat> there was a major language barrier. She spoke English well enough to like get to know her and like start to learn about her and like ha- and and to like date. But then like eventually you hit a barrier and you're like, we don't really have that much to talk about because we can't like you can't really express yourself in all of the ways that you probably need to. To well, and you can't express yourself in Romanian at all. No, I couldn't. So, so yeah, my Romanian's terrible. User throw ra cheater twelve twelve throw ra cheater twelve 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 writes I'm a twenty six year old male and have been with my twenty eight year old girlfriend for five years. She asked me what I would do if she cheated on me, and I told her <laughs> I would break up with her, block her, get her an eviction notice, and end all contact with her. She then asked me in a variety of ways, from drunken kissing to proper sex, and I told her, I don't care about the capacity in which she cheats. If she does, I'll be done with her, and that I've made my boundaries clear, and they're rigid. She was upset, (laughs) because she claims that if I cheated on her one time, and it was a mistake, she would forgive me on the condition that I promised never to do it again. Upon this response, I told her she's definitely a bigger person than me, and I appreciate her being open to giving me a second chance. But that's not me, and I will not compromise on this. She got visibly mad and said that if I truly loved her, I would let go of one mistake. She said she's certain it will never happen, but it hurts knowing that I wouldn't forgive her mistake. I think my boundary is very reasonable. I don't ask for much other than to not cheat or be violent. Any help figuring this out? Or maybe a different perspective that might help me feel sympathy for the one-off remorseful cheater. This is an interesting one because it is like a call for perspective uh, rather than like a, who do you think is right? Or I've got this problem. How do I solve it? It's more just like, hey, this is what we're fighting about. Like, what do people think about this? And I, I, I agree. I kind of understand where both of them are coming. And I think you're allowed to have a boundary and be firm with it. And like your partner may not love it and be super excited about it, but like your boundary is your boundary. And I think you're right to feel that way. What are your, what are your general feelings about cheating? So like, what are my feelings about like what should happen after cheating or like what? Yeah. Would you, I mean, would you forgive somebody who cheated on you? I don't know. I, I, I honestly, I'm not sure. I've never been in a situation where someone has cheated on me and come to me and told me it's so hard to say until I've been in that position. To, and, and to the to the female point in the in the question, like there are degrees, right? Like a drunken kiss at a bar, I'd probably forgive. Like a full on affair, like where you've been seeing someone, someone you know, my partner has been seeing someone for like even a couple times. 
I don't think I would be okay with that. I think I'd have to walk away from the situation. Do you remember having this conversation, this exact conversation yeah, where we first started dating? Would you remember what your perspective and my perspective was at the time? Well, very, very much in my own typical fashion. I hadn't thought it through that much, but I was just like, yeah, if, if you, you know, if someone cheated on me, I would just end it. I'd just walk away from it. That was just like my thought without really thinking about the layers of it. And what, and like, you were in the, the female's perspective. Well, and, uh, uh, I, well, I don't think I was, but I would say like, what changed for you? Uh, what changed for me was you like pointing out all of the finer things, which is typically what, how our conversations go. But did it change that in that conversation? I would assume it didn't change in that um, conversation. It, 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 it made me think of it like, oh yeah, it's a lot more nuanced than just black and white for sure. Then obviously our relationship where I really love you and like, we've got so much history and we've worked so much on a relationship and we've gone so far together, that is a much different thing to walk away from than like dating someone for six months or a year and then being like, well, they cheated on me. They like obviously don't love me. Right. Right. Which is like, I think I, I would say my argument at the time, and it wasn't like I was mad at you for thinking differently. No, but my you argument was, I think it's really hard. This is my personal opinion based on my life experience. I think it's very hard to have like deeply loved someone and just be like you there's infidelity um kicking it to the curb like i just don't like to me i was like yeah i don't think that you can have really truly deeply loved somebody if you're just you're not in, interested in investigating at all how you got there as a couple i agree with that I, and i see that now much more so than i did at that time for sure do you think that our culture has too stringent or too conservative of view on infidelity? Um, I don't know about conservative. I think we are very much, this is kind of interesting, but we are, we are obviously a society that chooses marriages primarily and in a lot of ways based on love and our feelings for each other. And so I think um, because of that, once you give your love to someone else, it's almost like you have ended the marriage. You know, it feels like very much like a, a potential ending of a marriage. And I know I talked to people who came from societies who where the marriages were arranged and infidelity is very widespread. And it's sort of like, well, yeah, it's an arranged marriage. It's like sort of like a business relationship. And then for love and lust, you like take it somewhere else sometimes. But ours is the opposite of that. Ours is all about love. But but don't you think like I sort of look at it. I think there are cultural constructs that we inherit and learn. And I do think they deeply shape who we become. But there are just like biological imperatives and consistencies across all human beings, regardless of culture. Sure. Which is what I often think we get wrong in our society, which isn't that infidelity in and of itself is right or wrong, but that it's very frequent to occur. Yeah. It's like denial of science or something, you know, like denying the data and saying, well, I don't like the data. The data doesn't, isn't, is incongruous with my cultural reality or my cultural constraints. Thus, I'm going to, I'm just, I'm going to disregard it. <sighs> There's so much to these types of conversations too. Like, I also feel like when you're saying like that infidelity is not necessarily an in inevitability, but it's a very high likely thing. I think for the, for this couple, it almost feels like the, and I'm just going, I'm totally just conjecturing here, but it almost feels like the female is dipping her toe into the like water of like, 
what if we were polyamorous or what if we opened up our relationship a little bit? Infidelity and cheating on your partner is, I think that's, I think like the, the right way to do it is open up your relationship and at least talk about like what it would be like to hook up with someone else or um, whereas infidelity is more of a impulsive behavior. Well, I, I, I interpreted it differently. I just interpreted it like you do when you have hypothetical questions sure. that you talk about in a For relationship, sure. right? Like, so you're just, you're dating. It sounds like they haven't had this conversation before. I mean, they've been together. We, we had, and we had this exact same conversation. Right. And it wasn't about... It I wasn't was, like, wasn't I've the, been seeing Andy for three months and like, I kind of want an open relationship. So I'm going to talk to him about cheating and whether it's okay with yeah, him. Yeah, totally. Like I, I came at it and I think my interpretation of this woman is like, you're in a relationship, you're with somebody and maybe she's a little baiting, you know, maybe she is like, I want this guy to tell me that I am so important to him that I could burn down our house and our lives and he would still want to work it out with me. Like maybe there is some insecurity there that she's sure. trying to get like soothed. But I also just think when you're in a relationship, you you have to talk about how people feel about infidelity. My opinion, to be totally frank, is like, absolutely, it is totally valid to have that boundary. But really, I think explore what it means to you to have that boundary, what it would mean to have somebody that you care about violate that. And like, really, would you feel okay saying irrespective of the context, like you are dead to me. Like, I just think that's a yeah. really hard thing to actually do. Well, and I also think the girlfriend in this situation being upset after this conversation, there's two ways, you know, there's maybe two ways or many ways this conversation could have gone, but it's very different to say like, that's my boundary. I don't want to talk about it. Like, that's just what I am. If you don't like it, like, I'm sorry, that's my boundary. Or be like, that's my boundary. I feel that way and then come with openness and vulnerability and be like, I feel that way because I've been cheated on before. And even though I really love the person and gave them a second chance, it, it kind of ruined the relationship in my past, you know, whatever the, whatever. or even I've never been cheated on, but like, this is an ideal that I hold myself to. And I would expect my partner to do the yeah, same. Totally. And like, it would really mean to me some fundamental brokenness to a relationship that somebody would do that to me. Like those are really open and honest ways of going about it. And I also think like, you get mad at your partner for sharing their feelings about that and and you like turn it into a fight, it's also not a great look. I, I agree. And I just think it's very, it's very likely like the way he handled the conversation could have led to her unhappiness rather than the answers he gave. Yeah. Um, or a mix. But, but I agree. I think both of them are like, it, it, it does feel a little bit of like a baiting question to ask this sort of thing. It also feels like a pretty protected place to not even like to say like, hey, my initial reaction is that like I would break up with you. Well, to your point, you don't know until you're in this situation. So the yeah, idea 100%. that like even this hypothetical con like conversation is it may be emblematic, but yeah, it's let's break not up what because you let's break up because you would break up with me if I did. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's hear what the Redditors have to say. Oh, by the way, this reached 500 comments on Reddit. So Is that a lot? What, yeah, are, what I, are the numbers usually doing? Well, sort of like they tier 
um, threads by comments. So this one was on fire when I got to it. Oh, wow. User Exquisite Rags writes, sounds to me like she already cheated on you and is looking <laughs> to make sure you'll forgive her for telling you about it. So. I mean, I don't. Did OP's girlfriend cheat on him? My mind did jump to that idea. When, at what point was it when you, re- like when I was reading the thing or was it during our conversation? Was it an immediate conclusion you came to or your mind I, I don't think to? I had jumped to it when I, when we had our original conversation, but I definitely jumped to it in this conversation and I feel like there's a very high probability that the boyfriend, like maybe he picked that up and part of the reason why he was so rigid with his answer. Really? Potentially. I feel like the OP would have said it in his post. Like, I feel like if you That's fair. are going to Reddit and you're asking the you're masses, an person. Yeah. yeah, why would why not be like, did my girlfriend cheat on me? Yeah, <laughs> like, like this made me feel like she wants to cheat on me. Again, I don't think if I can be potentially a little cruel, like I think this is cliche girlfriend behavior. Yeah, no, it is. I think it's just like I and I say that so like compassionately. Like I am this girl. Who yeah, who's this. who's created a universe in a conversation <laughs> that my boyfriend has to or my partner has to dodge minefields that it's they like, don't know yeah. that they're in. It's like Catherine Zeta Jones crawling through the lasers. I feel like that's like a Zorro reference. Where is that from? It's I don't remember, but there's a famous movie where Catherine Zeta-Jones had to like crawl through a laser field. I think we're gonna have definitely to not fact Z- check de- that. Definitely <laughs> not Zorro. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I feel like I just I think she was coming from those insecure places where you have a conversation, you're expecting to get soothed, and you get reality, and reality fucking sucks sometimes. Yeah, well, it's also hard because like. When you're asked that question, it's not necessarily like you're like, oh, she's looking to be soothed. I better tell her how much I love her. You well, know, like especially if you're a guy. I feel like me, guys that's genuinely not, do not get when we're like, just give us a I never fucking do. pat on the back right now. I never do. No, I know. And we get into like, I'm so used to it now, you not doing that, that I'll be like, Andy, I'm about to say X and you need to do Y. So that it's as explicit as it possibly can be that like this is not a time for you to tell me the brutal, honest truth or to like casually throw this aside. Like I need exactly this Matt, need Matt right now. Yeah, you should have like a t-shirt that says like, no matter what I say, give me a hug and tell me that you love me. Well, sometimes I do get mad when you do that. <laughs> when, <laughs> well, when that's not the right person. Catherine Zeta-Jones in the lasers, folks. <laughs> oh my gosh, okay. <laughs> User Zandis Davies writes, I think she's looking for reasons to think your relationship is unbreakable. People commonly romanticize their partner as the one and only. Your answer, while honest and reasonable, may be breaking that fantasy for her. Do you agree? Yeah, I do. I think I think it's a, all, a lot of these things. I think it's I think it's definitely what you just said before. And I do think that there's a, definitely a hint of this, too, like. She probably wants to be both soothed and also on a bigger picture thinking wants to feel like the relationship is really safe. And because really at the end of the day, I think she's sort of asking like, if I fucked up really bad, would you still love me? Yeah. If I was my worst version of myself, would you still love me? Which to be to be frank is my argument why people shouldn't assume they know how they're going to act in the moment where the worst version of their partner comes out. True, but it also like is kind of unfair because she's sort of asking that question 
but doing it in a way that like is giving him a very specific tactical event that would happen that could be very triggering and hard. Like he's bringing his own subjective feelings into as well. Sure. I think we all want to say if my partner cheats on me, I will not stand for that. That is a totally valid, confident place to come from. If if Andy cheated on me, I would say that is unacceptable behavior. And I don't know if I can be with you anymore. Like fact, that's how I would feel. That's how I think you would feel, even if we'd been together for decades. Yeah. Would that mean, though, that my true love, my real ro- like romantic self wouldn't also step in and say, the years I have with this person and the bond I have with this person means that like I can't actually act on that pain and anger in this total way, in this like final way. I have to actually step back and say, what is the practical reality of being in a relationship? I think in a conversation like this, we both bring our own subjective truths into it and act like they're objective. If you, when you asked me that question, a big part of my answer was because of things that I thought about why people cheat that you may not have even thought about or don't think of in the same light. I was thinking about the reasons why I have cheated in the past. And so like your boyfriend may be think this boyfriend may be thinking about why he's cheated in the past and is like, yeah, because I was over the relationship and I was too chicken shit to break it off. And I got drunk and got impulsive and wanted to like hook up with someone because I didn't, I wanted to like, what is the, what is the term? Uh, Passive aggressively like back my way out of the relationship. Right. I, and I, I absolutely relate to that. What, what's funny about it is when I look back at my dating life, the times where I've cheated, I have not had people break up with me, but I should have been bro- broken up For with. Sure. Like those were, and, those and were actually not. that's what I wanted. Right. Those were not genuinely, those were not respectable moments. And I guess there's no respectable cheating, but it wasn't because I was like, I am in a relationship. I am in a decades long marriage and we have grown apart and there was a part of me that wanted to find that feeling again with someone. And I did, and it fucking sucked, and I still want to be in my marriage, and now I have to go repent and, you know, repair. Just because you're a good person, like, just because you're, it's weirdly, like, just because your intentions are good or bad, like, how things will conclude is almost a roll of the die anyway, right? Like, you could have, this woman could cheat on him, and he could be like, wow, I'm actually, the experience is is different than I thought it would be, and I want to stay. And he, she could still have, like, bad intentions or could not have done it for, you know, could have been malicious in her actions just as much as like, it could be a office party. They got kind of drunk and some, one thing led to another and this man kissed her and she didn't even kiss him back. And he could be like, fuck you, like get out of my life. And it's like, people are people. You can only control your side of the street. So if your partner says like, I can't, I don't think I could forgive you. That's their, that's what they think right now. That's where they're at. You're not going to convince them that they're somehow going to like all of a sudden turn their, their turn their ideas around and be like, actually, now that you're saying this, like, you know what? If you did cheat, I'd be fine. Like, clearly yeah. it means something to him. I mean, that's the thing about boundaries is you don't get you don't get to like have to like them. You don't get to choose them for other people. You can walk all over them. You can you can try and change them. You can do a lot of different things. But like a boundary is some, something someone else makes that gives them a, a version of sovereignty. Like, I don't, you, you may not like the borders of Spain, but guess what? You don't get to change the border of Spain.
TLDR. Every individual comes into a relationship with different expectations and boundaries. While those lines shift and evolve over time, it's unlikely you two will always match up perfectly. Talking openly about boundaries is invaluable, but real maturity is when your partner respects your boundary even when they don't share it. In the case of infidelity, often one of the most serious breaches of trust in a relationship, honoring boundaries is non-negotiable. While your partner may yearn to understand your perspective better, it's not their role to try and change your mind. There you go. There you go, folks. A lot of these questions that we get do revolve around boundaries a lot. Boundaries and respecting the fact that you cannot control another person. Yeah. Like you can't break up well unless you have a willing participant on the other side. Yeah. I always say like if you punch someone at the bar, you punch someone in the face at a bar, you don't get to, you don't get to decide how they respond to that. You know, that's kind of how a relationship works. Like just because you would respond a certain way when something happens doesn't mean that you get to choose how your partner would respond. And, and that's, a, that's like a very vulnerable place to be. And that's part of what this person is experiencing. The the female is experiencing is like, shit, relationships are scary. I care a lot about this. And I'm wondering what would end it because that would fuck because I'm terrified of it ending. And whether I have the best intentions or I have misaligned intentions, like I don't get to choose whether or not this person chooses me. Yeah. Those are really scary things. And I think... You know, I stand by, I think even years later, I still stand by where I was at that day when we talked about cheating, which is like, I think when you really love somebody and your past, past romantic love as the only unifying force, you're really able to see that you're in a partnership with them that extends beyond that romantic experience. And when you do that, you start partnering with them in ways that like aren't always what you expected. Yeah. It's like a character in a book. Like, there's going to be ups and downs and like things that really that character does are shitty. Any good book has a has a, a character that you're really endeared to and they I mean, may do the best shitty books, stuff. Everyone does a little shitty yeah. stuff because humans are pretty shitty sometimes. Yeah, like you get the full spectrum of emotion and behavior and attitude and you love them and you hate them and you hopefully love them more than you hate them. Or at least you respect that the things that you hate about them at the end, you're like, well, I really saw a lot of myself in that. Yeah, <laughs> That's I, I giving understand me some your motives. Yeah, yeah, I understand your motives. Um, I think how you handle this conversation is what makes or breaks you as a couple. And you can either grow closer or you can grow apart. And, and so the advice and perspective that I would give this person is, hey, right now, it seems like this conversation drove you guys apart. What could you do to, to try and close that gap again? That's great. That seems very evolved, Danny. Yes, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Well, this has been great. Yeah, you know, can I say something before we sign off? (laughs) Well, I am the editor, so I suppose I can choose whether or not what you say stays in. Well, I'm going to say it into the mic and you can edit edit me later and cut it. Fair. I really, we've been really excited to have a lot of our friends and family and, and, and maybe people we don't even know listening to the podcast and giving us feedback. It's really awesome. Just want to give everyone a reminder. If you could like, subscribe, write a review. We work really hard on this and, and it really, when, when a podcast is first starting out, it really does help to get like reviews and things like that. Um, also, maybe maybe start a street team and start canvassing your neighborhood. <laughs> okay. That would not hurt. <laughs> I will I will leave it at that. Okay, are you going to edit? Are you going to cut it? I guess we'll find out. Well, why would I tell you? <laughs> I <guess. laughs> it would serve no purpose for me whatsoever. I guess we'll find out. And I think we should do this again. 
Sure, let's do this again. Great. Fresh Out of Experts is a production of Narrowist, a website exploring what makes podcasting similar to and deeply different from what came before. You can find more about the show at narrowist.news and at narrowist on social. That's N-A-R-R-O-W-I-S-T. Our theme music is Only Knows, courtesy of Broke for Free. Additional music is Le Marais by The Sweet Hots from Blue Dot Sessions. If you enjoy Fresh Out of Experts, please subscribe, rate, or review wherever you listen to podcasts. It really does make a difference. See you next time.